You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. So, John, we use Bluetooth for everything these days, like, uh, you know, whether it's your, your portable speaker, whether it's your Bluetooth headphones, whether it's getting into your car and having your car stereo hooked into your phone for Apple Play or those kind of uh, the things that are available through your car. It's one of those jokes, isn't it, that if you want to sell something to a guy, it's just going to make sure it's got Bluetooth added in. You know, has this got Bluetooth? The end, bang, yes. You want sold. It. Yeah, yeah, sold, yeah. yeah. And it's incredibly useful. So no one's sort of saying that Bluetooth is bad, but what has happened is that uh, it's incredibly complicate, complicated mm. because it has that usability for so many things. The Internet of Things often use Bluetooth. You know, your phone or your, your selfie sticks button that activates the camera on your on your phone, that kind of thing. It's, it's sort of a handshake between devices. Yes. So it, um, it, it, your phone, for example, has Bluetooth uh, compatibility and you might have headphones which are Bluetooth compatible. And so... The handshake is basically that agreement to connect to each other to you know, allow transfer of music or uh, send back signals. But the security there is only as good as the weakest link. Yep. And that might, you know, so you might have the basic of basic profiles set up uh, on the headphones, which you can't control. That's at the manufacturer's end. So. Yeah. And there's an organization which it's a consortium that, that manages um, the implementation of Bluetooth and the standards and stuff that are applied to it. And they have, there have been updates and iterations over the years to sort of improve Bluetooth usability and, and functionality, that sort of stuff. It's called the Bluetooth Special Interest Group. Uh, and uh, apparently the documentation now, because, of, because it's used in so many different ways, the Bluetooth standard is now 3,000 pages long. If you compare that to Wi-Fi, Bluetooth is 10 times longer. The, the, the oh, documentation right. that goes with it is 10 times longer. So it's much more complex. And I guess this is because of its, it just becomes so ubiquitous. It's like this, we, all, we use it all the time. It's mm. incredibly handy. It, it works well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there are some limits to Bluetooth. I mean, I just It works it, only within a certain range. That's right. It yeah. works on a limited range. And, and one of the things with your Bluetooth headphones, okay, there's the benefit of them being wireless, which mm-hmm. is great. But... You know, when you listen to music, you're switching usually, say it's from Spotify or from Apple Music or from one of those services, Pandora, one of those services. You're getting MP3 compressed audio anyway. Mm-hmm. So you're going, you're dropping down a lot from, yes. say, CD standard, from AIFF, which is your CD format. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually listen to something through Bluetooth, you're compressing it again mm-hmm. as part of that transmission over the air from device to device. You know, there are some drawbacks, but I mean, look, people accept these because of the convenience. Yes. You know? and, and if you're... Like if, you, if you're in your car and you want to be able to have access to your, the stuff that's on your phone, then that's a terrific way of doing that, whether it's podcasting. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what I do. I, I connect my phone into the stereo via Bluetooth connection. It mm. automatically connects as soon as I get in the car. Yeah. And then we'll play podcasts or I can actually then talk to my phone as well and I can repeat things through the stereo or can communicate through yeah, the stereo. And it's contributed yeah. to the whole, you know, to the whole the way that people have changed their consumption of radio for the consumption of podcasting, audio on demand. All that is, is you know, part and part of that change that, that the world has seen is, is through um, uh, the invention of things like Bluetooth. So those 3,000 pages mean that developers, people who are, who are creating devices that use Bluetooth, rather than them trying to understand those 3,000 pages, which you know, according to some you know, reading that I've done on this, they actually reckon that it's unintelligible, that it's, it's beyond comprehension. Mm-hmm. It's so, so complicated. Mm-hmm. So what, what 
responsible device makers and, and ones who've got an eye to security because there are security issues if, if you what, what they're doing is they're basically saying okay we're gonna we're gonna actually add our own layer of security on top of the bluetooth standard mm-hmm. that's the rather than us trying to understand the bluetooth standard and how to make it secure within that mm-hmm. and there are ways of doing that uh, we're just going to add on our own layer of security and mm-hmm. that's considered like because of the complexity of bluetooth and that standard it's it, that seems to be the best way to go and that's what a lot of um, the, the sort of more responsible higher-end users of Bluetooth are doing. And, and one of the fundamental pieces of advice, which I'll now say, is that if you're not using Bluetooth, turn it off on your phone. Mm. That's mm. That Actually, that advice has been around for a while. Yeah. If you're in a, a crowded space, if you are unlucky then someone might be able to get access to your phone. They can pretend to be a device that you know that is, is wanting to sort of shake hands with your phone and mm-hmm. hook into it, somehow share data or move data across, and that can make data on your phone vulnerable, banking data, other stuff, phishing, all sorts of things that you know you might see your phone, it sort of says, oh, you know, do you want, to connect, wants to, share do you want this, to connect yeah. that? Do you want to connect with that? Oh, yeah, that's, that, looks like, that looks like mine, but in fact it's not. It's something that's pretending to be something that you are, you know use or want to use mm-hmm. and it's something else that's then compromising your data so yes. there are reasons to be careful about this and it's i guess it's uh this is really a warning for people out there because we all use bluetooth for so many things and it's the internet of things i suppose is one of the real real vulnerabilities there are bluetooth locks like a padlock which use bluetooth a handshake with your phone and then to unlock so as soon as you're in the a physical area lock, yeah and those sort of things, they can be hacked. Yes, you know. So, so it, it it's just about being a little bit aware and a bit cautious. Just some of the some more details from security engineering researcher at Purdue University, a guy called Syed Rafiul Hussein, and he said the standard often describes a topic in a scattered way, and it often leaves the complex interactions of the protocol to the manufacturers, which is another source of vulnerability. Yeah. So, so going back to the, what the headphones example I was using before, mm. um, you might have really good Bluetooth, strong technology, uh, and uh, in your phone, but you may have something weak in your headphones. Now there may be a way that it can uh, get uh, the key information from the headphones to then utilize that to get back onto your phone somehow. So there there are weaknesses in all these key areas. Yep, and there was the, the, the um, example that was given was um, of this uh, a smart padlock known as a box lock. It's been designed to use a Bluetooth low energy configuration called just works mode which lets devices pair without any passwords or other cryptographic uh, protections. As a result, McAfee researchers, McAfee's an antiviral kind of security company, they could connect to any lock, analyze the device's BLE commands and discern which gave the unlock order. Further, BoxLock had configured this command to be in a read-write mode. So once the attackers knew what to target, they could initiate an unlock. Now, BoxLock has since patched those vulnerabilities. Mm So companies can respond to this stuff and, and do respond to it. Just another quote on the box lock issue from McAfee, a guy called Steve Pavolny. He's head of advanced threat research at McAfee. Uh, he said, I wouldn't say that it's an insecure protocol by any means, referring to Bluetooth. Part of this is the fact that Bluetooth has not been as comprehensively studied by the security community as some things, and it's not as clear to vendors and manufacturers what the potential flaws are. So mm. people aren't being told, there's not sort of like an open book about Bluetooth and it's because of that complexity, those 3,000 pages of, of 
almost incomprehensible detail. You have to be worried. I mean, some people go for the you know the top phones from the you know the biggest manufacturers, but if you want a really cheap phone, uh, you might go for a, an alternate uh, manufacturer, and they may not have the the funds essentially to support strong Bluetooth technology, and therefore they allow Bluetooth technology, but they're not going through any of the um, the, the proper security procedures in order to protect your information. According to Matthew Green, he's a cryptographer at Johns Hopkins University, he said, I couldn't possibly give an informed opinion on the true security of Bluetooth, and I strongly suspect that the protocol designers couldn't either. That's because all of the details are buried in hundreds of pages of unreadable Mm. specifications. Many device manufacturers have engineered around this by designing their own security as a kind of add-on layer that they use over Bluetooth. That's probably wise given what a mess the protocol itself has been. We encourage people to use the max level of security your product can support. So that advice from the experts about this, turn it off when you're not using it on your smartphone. Business and corporate applications are the most vulnerable. They're the ones which you know, really should be looked at pretty carefully. Mm-hmm. It is a very, very widely used protocol, incredibly handy, not knocking it on that, on that usability side, but with some big potential holes as well. You're listening to Beyond Infinity. Beyond Infinity.